So, Alex, I'd like to touch upon um, the deposit, which is, of course, a huge sum of money that uh, a young adult's going to have to save up for and put down. Um, and what, what can someone in their 20s, 30s, who's looking at being a first-time homeowner, do to, to get that deposit? Okay, this is a great question because it's actually not just about the money you need to save for the deposit. There's actually also a mindset. Now, the thing is that, you know, to start off with, we've, when we're talking about if you want to go and you want to buy your family house that's going to be £300,000, I'm just picking a number out of the air, mm. and the idea that you're going to have to save £60,000 at least to go and be able to get a deposit. £60,000 is a big number mm. to think about. But, but the huge number. But the thing is that we as humans, we kind of get very susceptible to large numbers. So you hear about, you know, XYZ, you know, nasty corporation, they made like a hundred million pounds profit last year, what have you. A hundred million pounds, if that drops in your account or your account, my account, it's like, great, that's, that, that's you know, jackpot, euro millions. But for a large corporation, you know, let's say if XYZ or a big semiconductor company that employ, you know, 100,000 people across, you know, 80 places along, 100 million is really nothing. We get very overwhelmed by large numbers. Oh, definitely, yeah. So as a result, the way in which to really think about, well, how is it that I would look to start saving is figure out, okay, well, if I know that I need to, you know, and in this instance, it's 60,000 pounds that I've got to save for the deposit, mm -hmm. how do I break that down? I should set myself a target of time Okay. <laughs> that you then say, okay, well, what does that equate to every month? Okay. And so that becomes then a relatively smaller number. So mm. that means, okay, well, 60,000, if you're going to do over over two years, that's 30,000 pounds a year. So that's you know, two and a half-ish, roughly thousand a month or what have you. Or if you say, well, if that's too much, you know, do I need to do three years for that? Mm -hmm. It all depends upon what income is, but the thing is, to setting start your off own with, personal goals. Again. Set your personal goals, but also set them in something that isn't so desperately mm. overwhelming. Okay. So that's the first challenge. Because the thing is, you can't borrow it. No, no, you, yeah, can't, you borrow can't borrow a deposit. It because if you borrow the deposit, then it goes against your ability and the amount of, of financial obligation you have. Mm. Just like a credit card, just like a personal loan. You can't borrow the money. <laughs> so that's something to bear in mind. You've got to have this available. Yes. So, sorry. So, so no, absolutely. So, that's a you know a large example. But just the thing is that yes, a large number can be scary. So, how do we mentally prepare ourselves? Let's cut it to that small number, something that feels a little bit more attainable. Palatable. Exactly. <laughs> Secondly, then let's think about what is it that we have in terms of income and expenses. Now, we all know it's actually much easier to manage expenses and income because income. We have a, a job There's probably very unlikely we have the ability to actually get a second job. If you work for many companies, they will actually expressly prohibit you from taking on a second job. Mm, so yeah. if you're lucky and you, you are you know, part-time or freelance, you may have the ability to increase income. But generally speaking, what people will earn from their salary and, and any bonus that they may get, that's it, that's fixed. Mm -hmm. So that's why you really have to concentrate on what is the spending part of our budget. And this is where we've used this term a couple of times before, but where it's so desperately important is actually about budgeting, having a really good look 
Uh, how is it that we spend our money so that we'll have and break it down into what is we call non-discretionary? Mm -hmm. What I mean by non-discretionary? Well, that's the stuff that doesn't matter what it is, you have to pay it. So your council tax is non-discretionary. You have to pay your council tax. You mm. kind of have to pay your TV license. You kind of have to pay your utilities. Mm. You know, you've got to pay your water, your I gas. Exactly. These are things where you have very little choice in which to be able to, to shift them. Yes, there will be certain ways. You might be able to find a slightly cheaper mobile phone plan or a slightly cheaper um, you know, gas or electricity supplier, but you, you've got one water company or, or what have you. There's, mm. So these are things where you really can't change too much at the margin. If you can, great, mm -hmm. you can't. But then that leaves you with, well, how much of what my, what am I, if I've got my income, I've got my non-discretionary spending, whatever's left over, I've kind of got to try and shift that balance between the discretionary and what I save. Okay. So how is it that we can do that? Well, I know that there's a lot of, you know, a lot of TikTok, a lot of TikTok, and a lot of Twitter memes that go out about you know us crusty old boomers saying, "Oh, if you tell me not to drink Starbucks, I'll end up having a mansion." <laughs> Fine, but the th the thing is that if you look at, at any, you know, any any mechanical system or any business that you're trying to improve, it's a lot easier to find ten things you can improve by one percent okay. than one thing you can improve by ten percent. Mm. So the idea is not Without just... drastic change to your current lifestyle. Exactly. So what are the things that, you know, at the margin, you can change something really slightly that doesn't really impact you. Now, one of the, the easy ones, and, and this is the whole thing, everyone goes on about, oh, well, you know, your Starbucks and, and going out to, uh, to, to lunch for prep or what have you. Let's just do some, you know, kind of back of the envelope numbers on this. Mm -hmm. you, know, you get on the train to go to, go to work, or if you do, you have your coffee from you know, Starbucks. Other coffee shops are available, um, <laughs> and you go to out to lunch and you go to prep, or and other lunchtime venues are available. Yeah, that's probably going to be you know twelve, you know ten to twelve quid. Let's say it's ten quid a day. Well, over a full working year, what does that work out? That's like that's almost like you know, twenty two hundred pounds oh, wow. for coffee and lunch. Now I'm coffee, not saying that coffee singular. Yes, singular. Not, not one double, one coffee, not. one baguette, <laughs> and you know a a drink or a yeah. bag of of crisps or something like that. So, what a tenner. I'm, I'm being very you know very uh very very generous here. But that over time. Now I'm not suggesting that you don't drink and that you go without lunch. I mean this is <laughs> not some sort of you know, reverse uh, you know, fasting fad. But there are ways in which you say, well, hang on a sec. If I don't have the coffee every morning. Or do I take my own? Or do I, you know, do I bring lunch from home every other day or what? There are ways in which you can have a look at does that actually make a difference? Mm -hmm. Now, especially if you, you know, like yourself, if you're a recent graduate or something like that, at, at, at that level where you are really starting out in your financial journey, then that, you know, saving a, saving a thousand pounds a year ends up having a you know, that's a significant proportion of a, of, of, you know, it's, it's not, it, it's, it's, it's not uh, negligible. So in many of these cases, how is it that we can look at what are the things that we can shop? Now, we all want luxury. We all want to have you know, the latest phone, all of this. And that is part of the thing that I think we've you know, mentioned earlier, that you know, I, I find 
Yeah, and I'm not trying to be, you know, get my own grumpy old man show, but I think that there is but something... But you're here. Like, but I'm here. He's here, he's talking about it, so <laughs> buckle up. Exactly. <laughs> the microphone's in front of you. So. <laughs> oh, lucky it, 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 it took all these years. Um, he's been waiting for this platform to talk about it. <laughs> um, but I think that there is, as I mentioned earlier, there is this thing where we have so much about advertising for us to, to spend and mm -hmm. to transfer our money to someone else for something that we don't necessarily benefit from to the same extent, that we do need to kind of you know, take that deep breath and say, actually, hang on a sec, what is it that I really, you know, making the difference between what is it I want versus what is it I need. Mm. And so those things can end up being. Now, there's, you know, having talked about that, there are also a couple of other ways which are you know, much more, should we say, uh, tangible. Trendy, maybe, as well. Well, I mean, I was, I was actually going to go just to, to some, some basics, which is the money you save. And we had talked earlier about how interest rates mm. have gone up, and that's been a significant negative. But actually, the flip side is this now provides you, as you're in your saving mode, to mm. reach your deposit. This now gives you an opportunity to benefit. Because let's think about it this way, right? When you're borrowing money, mm -hmm. you are the lend. You, you are receiving the money. When you are depositing money, uh, you've earned it, and you're giving it to a bank to put mm -hmm. on deposit. You effectively become the lender. Oh. So the bank pays you to hold on to the money. Oh. So if the interest rate goes up, guess what? You get more money, right? So flip side, bank of interest rates five point two five, subject to debate. Yes, maybe different. Whatever. Um, if you go to uh, a bank and you put it on deposit now, uh, if you have instant access, and we can talk about this in another podcast, if you know, it, depending on the amount of access you have, if you put that money in for a year, you and you put a hundred in, they would give you one hundred and five point two five or something around that amount. Yes, this is the bit. If you're saving, just as you need to work harder saving, you need to work harder investing. So to give your money an opportunity to make to grow its own money. Yeah, exactly. Let's let's just recap what Alex said, right? So yes, raising a deposit is tough, and you know we've all heard of bank of mum and dad, and you know <laughs> people who have tried to you know the parents, you know they have the ability, and it's it's, it's a it's a beautiful and, and, and wonderful gift if they care to to help put that leg up. If you are not fortunate enough, and or you know that what your aspiration of where you want to be is you know, doesn't cut it, then you need to bring in a, an element of discipline, mm. which is painful and uncomfortable. And oh, yes, of course, we all want to go out and we want to do this and we want to have our Starbucks. Uh, Alex has said bye, not yet, but <laughs> open to offers, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and then... Um, sponsorship it, available. Sponsorship available, right? Yes. And then, um, <clears throat> you know, and then you have that ability. But you, you, this idea really... You just, if you can control your income and if you can control your outgoings versus what is usually a relatively stable income and then try to break it up into small victories, then you will have bumps in the road. It's going to happen, right? You want to go on holiday or you've got, you know, something happens, you, you lose something, your laptop or, or your car or whatever. I, I don't know, you know, you flat tire, etc. bike. Um, but in the long term, if you can have positive savings 
even a small amount, you will start to climb towards it. Mm. You will start to climb towards that goal. And if you can invest that money wisely, and, and deposits are one thing, obviously we could talk about other means of depositing, uh, sorry, investing. And I'm not talking get, ri uh, get rich uh, quick schemes. <laughs> they don't work. Then you can get towards that goal. Mm -hmm. And you can get there. But you've also, at the same time as you've got to bring down your aspirational uh, hopes and dreams of where you're going to be living, because it's much easier to get on the ladder to progress mm. than to get on it initially. Absolutely. And it's, it's a discipline. And just as saving becomes a becomes a good habit and so from that there's a you know, one really great habit to get into is to say okay well i know if my paycheck comes in on the 15th of every month mm -hmm. then on the 16th i have a direct debit or standing order that goes from my account to my savings account for a minimum amount of money whatever that might be and whatever that may, may be so you've identified okay well this Building Society has a really great deal. They'll pay me 5.5% you know, per annum as long as it's there for 90 days. Well, that's actually a great deal. So I could do that so that I pay money in. So that's already there. That's a habit. And so when I actually next look at my bank statement, I know I've already done something in terms of saving. I've already made the right steps. And it becomes a habit. But, but you've got to be realistic as well. Because there's no point turning around and saying, you know, oh, I earn, I throw it out there, right? You know, say, I earn 2,000 pounds a month. You're going, wow, you're doing brilliant, right? He goes, I'm going to put 500 pounds into my savings account every month. Well, if you can, that's awesome. Mm. If you can't, and you can't afford it because you've got other obligations that you've got to pay for, what's going to happen? Well, you're going to go constantly into your savings account, dip into it to take it out. Now, you're going to feel really rubbish about the fact that you're trying to do these good positive actions and then you're actually just breaking it yeah. right so this is where the idea of writing everything down budgeting yeah. and saying look this is what it's going to do maybe i you know there's little things i can cut back on maybe i don't get to do everything that i want you know but i'm going to aim to do as much as i can and, and still something safe yeah so you both you're talking about savings um do you do you mean sort of opening a, a second account if you're with there's, HSBC or do, there's what do you mean? HSBC open for sponsorship again? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Other other banks are available. Um, uh, no, absolutely. I mean, the thing I think that that works well is being a smart consumer mm -hmm. because where you place your deposits. Um, that is a that's a proactive choice. Now, if we look, just like you'd shop around anywhere else, right? Exactly, exactly. And since banks themselves obviously have different appetites for wanting uh, depositors' money, and mm -hmm. that's for a different podcast. But there's also, I mean, one thing actually that's that's really relevant here is that there are actually specific government saving or government sponsored savings schemes. Uh, I think it's called the lifetime. Uh, ISA, mm -hmm. uh, Independent Savings Account, known as a LISA, and that's actually specifically one set up for those who are want to save uh, in an ISA, which is a tax-free, uh, tax-efficient savings account, but this one is specifically linked for those people who are looking to buy a house, and 
the way it works is that you place a you can place like a maximum amount in I believe of four thousand pounds a year I can be corrected don't take that uh, as any form of advice but you can place a maximum amount in per year and then when you actually complete and buying your home the government will provide you with a 25% bonus on what you save. So oh, there wow, is, 25%. And, and trust me, for given the amount of taxes I've paid, inland revenue over the past you know, 30, 40 years, getting any money back from <laughs> the treasury is the sweetest money you can ever get back. <laughs> so, uh, but also don't be afraid, uh, uh, don't be afraid to say, actually, I might be banking with this bank, but if somewhere else has a better rate, mm -hmm. then what? You know, why shouldn't you get the best return for, for your money? Now, that individual choice won't make or break the difference. Mm -hmm. But I think as I tried to point out before, we're not, you know, that there, there is no get rich quick. There is no one thing that is going to make everything better. Mm -hmm. It is about, you know, if you speak to sports scientists and perform, your sports performance directors, you know, they will tell you it's about tweaking lots of, little things that mm. will end up then bringing that overall but performance it's happen, isn't it? I mean it's like you know if you like going to the gym and being healthy and everything else right there's no point going to the gym working out every day if you go home and then when you go to the pub drink 10 pints and, and, and eat a, a pizza or a kebab on the way home because you've got to undo all the good efforts that you've done right so mm. good habits create positive habits which you know then hopefully will compound and that you know if you can cut back and save ten pounds here, twenty pounds there, then you know you'll start to be more. You'll start to work towards a goal, mm. and that's the goal of saving that money that will facilitate owning that house. And if you keep that in mind, then you know that mountain that you've got to climb becomes a little bit more.